This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. I got Carol Evans' very own Reggie Wilson with me, so life is good. Hump day, baby. How we feeling? Hump day. Let's get to it. Yes, sir. Fun show lined up because we're talking about Kirk Cousins and mm. where he ranks mm. among his peers in the NFL. Plus, talking some twins and what's been the most surprising story about their 2022 campaign. And later, I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean. All coming up on Superior Sports Talk. Remember, follow along on the Locked On Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. And on Twitter, smash that follow button at Locked On M-I-N. To football we go. 62 days until week one of the NFL season kicks off. ESPN's latest article ranks the 10 best quarterbacks in football. Now, Reggie, we've done the running backs yesterday. We've done all the defense. We'll hit wide receivers tomorrow, but this has got to be by far and away, the most anticipated group of the bunch, especially for Vikings fans, Kirk Cousins often talked about, or should I say argued about, being a borderline top 10 QB in the NFL. He's got all the top 10 stats all day, but Devil's Advocate says he hasn't won the big games and the contract doesn't match the performance on the field. So is Kirk Cousins a top 10 QB according to ESPN's list, ranked by NFL scouts, coaches, and executives? Did he make the cut? No. (laughs) No. Short answer, no. Not only did he not make the cut of top 10, he didn't even make the honorable mentions, one of three honorable mentions, at the very bottom of the page, past the top 10, past the honorables, there's a little blurb in the smallest font you can imagine that reads, also receiving votes, and there's one guy named, and that guy is your Minnesota Viking quarterback, Kirk <laughs> Cousins. Just hilarious, man. So really, Reggie, top 10 lists, plus the three honorable mentions, which we'll mm-hmm. get to in a second, and then Kirk Cousins, who got apparently a vote or two. So number 14, Kirk Cousins, 14 Beth QB in the league, according to the list. Disrespectful or right on schedule? What do you think? It's a little disrespectful. A little bit. I mean, it's, like, it's like, okay, look, I, I understand, you know, Kirk is who Kirk is. I get that. But the dude is like, he's going to get you, you know, three, 4,000 yards passing, you know, 30 touchdowns. He's going to keep the interceptions down. Like, look, I know there are times last season where, you know, he'll drop back on third and 10 and get you four yards and you're putting on fourth down. You know, we hope to see that that CJ Ham out in the season. flat, yeah. Twelve. What are we doing? Yeah, he's going to you know Conklin on a four yard <laughs> dig. You know what I mean? Like his, his mantra is, "You can't go broke taking a profit, even there if you, you got go. a punt." You mm-hmm. know, but I know there have been times where you know fans have just like ah, you know, want to pull their hair out with some of the decisions that he's made. But I mean, he takes care of the football. He takes his shots, picks his spots. I think, you know, this new coaching staff is going to charge him with being a little bit more aggressive. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a, a interesting uh, time last season in a game where, you know, Mike Zimmer kind of challenged him a little bit to be a little bit more aggressive and pushing the ball downfield. And Kirk was just like, look, I'm, I'm just taking what the defense is giving me. That's how I play. I don't know what coach is talking about. 
but I'm doing me over here. You know? Yeah, he says that now, and then I throw three interceptions, and then I'm getting hounded after the game like it's exactly. all my fault. And then, I, I ain't and, doing that. And then now y'all messing up my money, mm -hmm. and I care about my money, mm -hmm. as you can see. I've negotiated some really great deals for myself. And so I think, you know, there have been times where Kirk has flashed some greatness. I always just think back to that game against the Panthers. Mm -hmm. I mean, that touchdown throw to K.J. Osborne in overtime was money. Like, and Kirk played as well as you could play, you know. And, and I think sometimes the view of Kirk would be different, especially after last season, if they won some of those one possession games that they ended up losing, you know, whether it was a missed field goal or just some unfortunate circumstances at the end that caused them to, to lose some of these games. I think if they win some of these games, then maybe our view of Kirk Cousins is a little different. But because, you know, these games ended up how they did, you know, you're still looking at a guy that, you know, is leading the team to subpar, sub 500 finishes and it's like look wins and losses you can argue up and down is or is not a quarterback stat but at the end of the day the wins the losses they always fall on the quarterback shoulders and whether it's fair or not that's what they get judged by and he doesn't have as much you know in the win department mm -hmm. as people would probably desire <laughs> if they're Vikings fans you know I think he's just like what 500 as a quarterback and it's just like well you kind of are who you are but you know to see him on that list receiving votes I think that was a little rude you know mm -hmm. a little disrespectful especially when you see a guy like you know Derek Carr on there who I think is kind of in that same ilk mm -hmm. you know and and I, I just I if you if you put Derek Carr in that Raiders offense, I think the same thing happens that it did last year. And vice versa. If you put Carr in the Vikings offense, mm -hmm. I think it's kind of similar. You know, I, I think you, you just kind of toss those guys up. But what do I know? You mentioned, I think it was just a few days ago, what a great deep ball Kirk Cousins has. Maybe one of the better ones in the NFL. And you mentioned mm -hmm. the Panther game. It just kind of sticks out to you. How about the wild card playoffs in New Orleans when he hits Adam Thielen on a beautiful 50-yard mm. bomb rainbow over the shoulder and then hits Rudy in the corner on a little end zone fade to win it? That game also sticks out. But Vikings fans want more of those big-time games. Here's what I found interesting about the list. It's quite the blend of new school versus old school. Mahomes mm -hmm. and Allen have exploded the last four years. Burrow and Herbert look like they're already on the cusp of superstardom for a decade to come. And yeah. then you throw in the Wiley Vets, Rodgers, Brady, Russ. That's seven right there. Your room on the list gets pretty thin quick, right? I mean, I think Stafford is a little too high for me, and I'm a big Stafford guy. So glad he finally got out of Detroit. We could see what he could finally do on a real team, but six best quarterback in the NFL. For me, I don't 
think so. Then Dak at 10. I think he's more of an honorable mentions guy. Look at the players Dak's got to play with since he's got here. One of the best offensive lines in the NFL every year under center. So huge, especially for a young quarterback. Zeke Elliott was a machine mm -hmm. and took a huge load off his shoulders his first few years. Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Cedric Wilson, etc. Go back even further. Des Bryant, Cole Beasley, Jason Witten. I mean, come on, man. That's insane. Lamar, yeah. Kyler, and Carr were the three honorable mentions. I think Lamar needs to be in that top 10. Two electric, oh, former MVP, still yeah. getting better at a passer. But back to Kirk here for a moment. Let's just come out and ask the question everyone wants to know. Can Kirk Cousins win you a Super Bowl, Reggie? This fan base needs one here soon. They're due. Can Kirk Cousins be that guy or not? Yeah. Why not? You know, we've seen we've seen lesser quarterbacks. That's true. Win Much a Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm I'm thinking about, you know, Trent Dilfer. I don't oh, think yeah. I don't think you would put Kirk Cousins and, and Trent Dilfer, you know, similarly together, but he made an I mean that that Super Bowl that the Broncos won with the ghost of Peyton Manning. I don't That's right. I don't know who yeah, that yeah, guy yeah. was, you know, but <laughs> They won a Super Bowl with that guy. It was, you know, th that was the Peyton Manning that that we just were like, okay, time Ch to hang it up, buddy. Yeah. Like, just yep. you're you're burnt toast, you're burnt pie. And it's just like, look, Kurt, Kirk is competent. He's competent, um, and he can make plays when they when they need him to. I asked, you know, KLC couple months ago talking to him at the Vikings complex like hey do you think Kirk has another level to his game and he said yes and I think he's going to challenge Kirk and he's going to coach him hard to actually be a better version of himself it's like look we're paying you all this money because you're the guy we got to ride you there and as you said like in the playoffs he's made big passes to get the Vikings over the hump like we got to see it at a consistent level. You know, when when scenery changes, when, you know, the coaching changes, we've seen what that does to a quarterback, a la Matt Stafford mm -hmm. taking the Rams to the Super Bowl. That throw to Cup with, a, with less than a minute to play against the Buccaneers, like that was Dirty. one of the best Dirty. that we've seen. Just like falling away, like – just ridiculous, but he had the type of weapon there that he could do that. Mm -hmm. Kirk mm -hmm. has all the weapons to be successful on offense. Can the team play complementary football? You know, you look at the Bengals. The Bengals kind of got elevated based on the play of Joe Burrow, you know, just tossing it up to Jamar Chase, and he's just like, Jamar, make a play. You know, he was a, he was a, a quarterback that, you know, maybe they relied on a little too much to get them where they were. Maybe you think that the Vikings have a little bit more, you know, complementary pieces on that team to to do a little bit better that Kirk doesn't have to put so much on his shoulders. And then if that's the case, why not? It's vital for Cousins to have good protection up front and like a clean pocket to step into. We've learned that by now. And right now, we're heading into a season where your biggest two question marks out of all 22 starters are both on the interior line. That's something that makes me 
really uneasy for all the hype and excitement for this new offense heading into 22. Cousins has never played with a great offensive line. In fact, this could still be the best protection he's played with in his entire career. And to your point, he's got great weapons around him and a coach that's going to help maximize all those weapons. So maybe the best is still to come with Cousins, but we know he's never going to be in the elite ranks, Mahomes, Herberts, Burroughs, etc. But I will say, he doesn't always get the love of someone with these top 10 production numbers. But then again, fans will tell you, he doesn't have the big game resume to match the price tag the Vikes are paying him for either. So that's why when these lists come out, yeah, you're never going to see him in the mix with those high-end guys, but always right in that next tier. Although, again, under KOC, this could be a whole new Kirk we've never seen before. How about the rest of the NFC North, just real quick as we wrap up. Fields in Chicago, we know he's got maybe more pressure on him than any other second-year quarterback to show the development and improvement and at least flash enough to prove he can be the guy moving forward. Jared Goff, He's Jared Goff. Detroit will go like 7-10 and 10 with him. Eventually take a stab. You know, a guy in the draft two, three years down the road. But the Green Bay Packers have the number one quarterback in the NFL, according to experts. Back-to-back -back MVPs. Four straight 13-plus wins. If you're a Packer fan, you got to be thinking Super Bowl or bust right now because the window is getting airtight. It's closing quick on A-Rodge, right? Absolutely. Yeah, like... I think what's been disappointing is like having this team and having Aaron Rodgers. And then, you know, you see what happened last year, first playoff game, they're done. You're just like, dang, like I thought this team was supposed to be that, that deal. You How know, disappointing. And yeah. It's very, that. it's oh very disappointing. You, you know, you look at, you look at teams like uh, the saints, all those years that they had breeze mm -hmm. and Peyton and they only got one Super Bowl out of it. Right. All the years that Aaron Rodgers has been in Green Bay, one Super Bowl out of it. You know, like that part, I think to me, is is the most like astounding because he's widely considered the best quarterback in the league. You know, you, you maybe put him 1A, Brady 1B or something like that. You know, if, if you're talking the best in the game and – there's just not been a whole lot of playoff success to show for it over the last decade. And you're just like, how is it that if you say you have a quarterback who transcends, how is it that that quarterback has not led you to a Super Bowl? And I think it's kind of weird because we always put everything on the quarterback. Mm -hmm. But then with, you know, especially how they've reacted so far this offseason, it's been, well, we got to get this defense together. We got to put a defense around Aaron Rodgers. And it's right. just like, well, I mean, if you got a quarterback who's supposed to be him, mm -hmm. if he's Hemothy, you know, I think <laughs> that's that's a situation where you're just like, oh, okay, it really doesn't matter what's going on. Like, we got a good enough defense. We got a good enough, you know, complimentary pieces. Like, Aaron Rodgers is going to take us there. And so some of this – is on him too. You know, he didn't necessarily play all that great in that playoff game earlier this year. Mm -hmm. And so when you kind of look at it, you're just like, look, the blame kind of has to be on him as well, but it's time. It's time you made the decision to sign a new extension with the team. You lost your boy almost because of it. You know, I mean, depending on who you ask, the Packers say they, they offered Devontae, 
you know, plenty of money to stay. And Mm -hmm. he just wanted to go to Las Vegas because that was his dream and, you know, whatever. But you lose your top guy. You improve the defense, well, supposedly improve the defense. And now you're just like, okay, we got this. They cannot get bounced in the first round again. Like they need to, they need to get to the Super Bowl this season, or it's all just for nothing. It's all a failure. Yeah, I don't know much, but I do know this: if I was betting on the Super Bowl this year, I'd be using Bet Online. Bet Online, number one source for all your betting needs, stats, news, info. Bet Online makes betting easy. Go to BetOnline.net today to learn more. That's BetOnline.net where the game starts. Just pretty cool to see these rankings. Again, get some healthy debate going. We want to hear from you. Go comment on the YouTube channel. Let us know what you think. 62 days until week one of the NFL season. Vikings training camp just two weeks away. Until then, Reggie and I got you covered every step of the way. To baseball we go. Minnesota Twins coming off a day of rest on the Brew Crew last night. They lose 6-3. Josh Weiner on the mound goes five innings, gives up five earned. Polanco with a home run early. Not enough in the end. Meanwhile, Guardians and White Sox faced off in a doubleheader. They split that, both win one, lose one. Twins lead in the Central down to three and a half versus Cleveland and five to Chicago. I want to get into your thoughts about some of the most surprising things about this team in 2022. But first, just your quick thoughts on last night's game. Man, that was tough. You know, I think it's interesting when we see them play some of the best teams in baseball. And so, you know, the Brewers are at the very top of their division. So, you know, that was going to be a tough one. I think what we've seen so far from the twins is that they ain't scared. You know, Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll come up and play against anybody really a tough performance from winder last night, you know, his location was was pretty good. His stuff looked mm-hmm. pretty good. It's just he got rocked a little bit. You know, some of those home runs was just like, dang, like, all right. Like, McCutcheon came out and just blazed one just real quick to start the game. And it was just like, oh, okay. All right. And then Adamas hit that thing to Duluth. Like, <laughs> it was Still just like, there. goodness gracious. Like, the camera couldn't even find the ball anymore. And so – You'd like to see a little bit more production from the bats, especially, you know, look, they scored three runs and usually you're just like, okay, that's not bad. But then they gave up six and this team has has been able to compete with with teams scoring six, seven, eight runs. You know, we've seen nine to eight games. We've seen 11 to nine games. And last night just wasn't one of those nights. And so that was a little tough to see. But you know, really what's concerning me and what seems to be a trend, especially since last week, is the pitching. Mm-hmm. Not just the bullpen now, but the starters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Winder was, you know, kind of getting into shape a little bit with some of his performances. And, you know, last night was just one of those ones that you just don't like to see. Yeah, this won't get talked about at all, especially in a loss, but Emilio Pagan came in in the ninth last night. 
yeah, that Emilio Pagan, guy who struggled more than any reliever in baseball, pitches one inning and strikes out the side. One inning, three That's Ks. good for confidence. You'd love to see it. Yeah, because yeah. maybe this is how momentum starts right here. Yeah. Hopefully Pagan, even in a loss, can build off that and start to get his mojo back a little bit. So, Reg, we're almost to the all-star break. What surprises you the most about this team? Let's start with the offense, the bats. Just when you look at the stats, individual guys or the team as a whole that sticks out to you, I'll give you one of my quick thoughts right now. Batting average. I was looking at the lineup last night, and you, you've got the king of the castle, absolute cheat code, Luis Arise, batting nearly 350. But then you look at the rest of the lineup, and the next highest batting average was Correa with 279, Nick Gordon with 273. Buxton's only batting 212, which is wild to think about. Kepler 242, Polanco 247, Gary Sanchez 217. It felt really low to me for some reason. So I looked it up. Twins team average is 253. That's good for seventh best in the bigs. That seems mm. so low for a top seven team in average, but our team's just maybe not hitting this well this year, or numbers down, or does that seem right to you? Yes, yeah, seems about right. Uh, I think. At times, the Twins' bats have been inconsistent. And when you look at those batting averages, I think it shows you a team that, you know, is pretty good, mm -hmm. but leaves a little bit to be desired in that department. I think, you know, you look at some of the, the better hitting teams in the league, you know, you look at the, the Dodgers, the Braves, the Yankees, mm -hmm. you know, the Red Sox, and timely hits. Those timely hits are, are very important with those teams and I think sometimes the twins just go cold like you know sometimes you see the twins and they're batting and you know it seems like everybody's on fire like they just they couldn't strike out you know if they wanted to they couldn't you know ground out if they wanted to they were just laying the wood on the ball but there have been other times where it's just like dang man they can't they can't buy a hit what's going on and I think no one is more indicative than that in that than Byron Buxton because mm -hmm. there's been times where, you know, he'll smack one out of the park and you're like, wow, man, Buxton. Whew. But then, you know, you'll look at it and it's like, oh, one for four or, you know, two for five or, or something mm -hmm. like that. And mm -hmm. you're just like, oh, okay, well, the numbers are telling, telling a little bit of a different story than what the right. eyes are seeing. And so mm -hmm. I think that's probably one of the biggest um, storylines for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is just the consistency of the bats. And look, you're like, okay, well, there's seven. But there's so many people under 300, which, you know, it's tough being over 300. Or, or, I know. Or I'm just used so to it, seeing but, a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. 290s, 300s, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. A little bit closer to 300 yeah. than than some of where these numbers are. And mm -hmm. look, Correa was was – over 300 as well. Now he's kind of regressed backwards right. a little bit. And, mm -hmm. you know, I know he's looking forward to this all-star break to just kind of recharge, mm -hmm. but he's going to be a guy that they are going to be leaning on heavily down the stretch because he has that championship pedigree. Like I he's been there before. He knows what it takes and he's going to have to kind of like put the team on his back. You know what, what they're getting from Luisa rise is a dream. And you hope that he continues to to do as well as he has this first half of the season, if not better. But they're going to need their other guys to step up. And, you know, in a game like last night, when you have the type of firepower that we've seen 
from the Twins. You can't be losing these 6-3 games like that. Yeah, I think you hit something on the head there with timely hitting because you mentioned three teams, three of the best teams in baseball, Dodgers, Braves, and Yankees. And I got their averages, team averages pulled up right here. None of them are even in the top five. Dodgers are six, Braves are nine, Yankees are 14th in the league, middle of the pack, very average as far as team average. But timely hitting you're absolutely right when the pressure's on when they need a big hit those three teams show up the most so i guess you're right i mean i think you might be onto something there for sure Uh, we'll have to keep tabs on that just imagine what this team average would look like without a rise glad to see he's getting Mm. some all-star jewelry well deserved you can too with blue nile jewelry make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and locked on sports listeners get 50 bucks off purchases of 500 or more use called locked on that's called locked on plus every order is insured ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside shop stress-free and find your forever peace go to blue nile dot com today all right one more with the brew crew here in the backyard at target field today afternoon start first pitch 12 10 joe ryan on the mound looking to start building himself back up after like three or four surprisingly average starts something that you were touching on uh, at the beginning of the segment still hasn't looked the same since coming off that covid list rest assured reggie and i got you covered tomorrow to break it all down all right the time has come. Favorite segments here. Putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean covering all the latest hot topics in Minnesota sports. First up, CBS Sports' latest article ranked all 32 NFL teams' head coaches. First-time coach Kevin O'Connell found himself 24th on the list despite being a rookie head coach and landed ahead of two division rivals, Dan Campbell and Bears new coach Matt Eberflus. What does it mean when it comes to managing expectations for the Vikings in 2022 under KOC? And what's the biggest changes fans can expect to see going from that old-school Mike Zimmer to the new-school Kevin O'Connell? I think we'll see some excitement from this offense. You know, I think the last, especially last season, um, having having the offense just kind of, it seemed like they were kind of figuring things out as it went along. You know, mm-hmm. th- no disrespect to young Coops. You know what I mean? But like, mm-hmm. I don't know if he was as competent as a coordinator as, you know, they have now with Kevin O'Connell, you know, coming over and, you know, he actually had coordinator experience and he actually was able to learn under, you know, one of the best guys in the league at the offensive level with Sean McVay because, you know, all these guys are, are like getting plucked from his tree. And, you know, you look at it, <laughs> this article says, you know, it, it's hard to know whether – KLC will be more of a Doug Peterson or a Pat Shermer as an ex-disciple of an offensive wizard. And I think this article talks about how he has the toys to be competitive. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, it's so tough when they put these coaches in these positions. Like, we talk about Matt Eberflus. Like, God bless him, man. Like, they just traded for Nikhil Harry yesterday. I mean, he was kind of a flame out in yeah. new england yep. and so yep. you, you're not really like oh okay yeah he's gonna help put him over the top you mm-hmm. know they're 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 hoping for you know Velas jones and and second year guy darnell mooney to mm-hmm. be like the the guys mm-hmm. for them and then you add Cole the kill Komet, harry tight end yeah, yeah it's just like yep. 
okay, like, all right, I guess. But I think, you know, you put Kevin O'Connell in this system and you put him in position to succeed, you know? Like, I look at uh, what the Bengals did with Zach Taylor, and he got there and the cover was bare. Like, he had some, you know, some some cool, you know, skill position guys. You know, A.J. Green missed pretty much all, like, most of the time that Zach Taylor was there. And then, you know, they had Tyler Boyd still. But then what do they do when they get there? They draft T. Higgins. And then the next year they draft Jamar Chase. And now they put some some people around him. And now you can kind of see the fullness of what this offense could be. With the Vikings, like, they already got the dudes, man. Like, they got Cook. They got Justin Jefferson, Thielen, Osborne. You know, like, they got the guys already to really kind of put put them in position to succeed as far as this coaching staff goes. So, like, I think I think you're more so likely to see the success as opposed to, you know, the other way around just because, like, he has the weaponry. You know, maybe it takes him a second to figure it all out, you know, as he just kind of gets his feet set as a brand-new head coach. One thing that I thought was interesting about this list was, for the most part, the new head coaches, like all the guys that are mm-hmm. first year taking over, pretty much landed in this 20 to 30 range, which I thought was fair because how do you put them ahead of coaches who have been coaching there, you know, who have been in the league and, and really, you know, done their thing as a head coach already? Right. We just don't know. Right. Yeah, you just don't know. So, like, you know, they put him in the in the mix with Eberflus, with McDaniel's, and with Hackett. Poor you know, Lovey Smith, man, come on. Well, look, dead last. Look, I mean, look, Lovey. that team, that yeah, team needs Jesus. <laughs> you know, like they they really do. But you know, you look at some of these, you know, second year, third year guys like Arthur Smith, Matt Rule. They they think that KLC is in a better position than even those guys. Yeah, yeah. And so that's that's very interesting. You know, Dan Campbell. You know, he he's that's crazy going into his second. You know, his his uh, third with the with the Lions, mm-hmm. and it's just like, well, uh, okay, uh, yeah, that's that's what I, we're doing. Okay, you know, the last couple of years, you know what I've noticed the the most important relationship in the NFL has become between the head coach and the quarterback. And we saw what can happen when that relationship under Zimmer with Zimmer and Kirk is not meshing well. So everybody wants to know, what's this new relationship going to look like and feel like with KOC and Kirk? And, you know, again, listen, was he shackled and like hypersensitive under Zimmer to make sure he didn't turn the ball over, make mistakes? Absolutely. Can Kevin O'Connell unleash something out of him we haven't seen before? I think that's certainly fair to a degree, an offensive-minded coach coming from the McVay tree. But people are going to say, if KOC can win a Super Bowl with Matt Stafford, then he should be able to do it with Kirk Cousins. And I get it. It's kind of easy to make some similarities between the two. Cousins kind of has that same play style of like a Matt Stafford light, so to speak. But Mm -hmm. he throws a great deep ball, incredibly accurate at times. 
but he doesn't have that same arm strength Stafford has. I know that. And the other thing Stafford does well, especially you noticed it during the playoffs in that Super Bowl run, is he gets outside the pocket with his feet and improvises on the move. And that's something that was huge for their success last season when the protection broke down or guys were covered. And that's something, to this point, I just haven't seen with Cousins him be able to create with his feet. So it's just tough for me to sit here and pretend that something that I haven't seen yet is just going to magically get better with a new coach. Having said that, I still think KOC and Kirk's relationship is going to be far better than what it was under Zimmer, and he's going to be able to unlock a lot more things that we haven't seen before. Last couple things that I noticed on this list, how about Kevin Stefanski, number 13? Two years under the Browns, he looks like the real deal. Of course, Vikings fans remember him under Mike Zimmer. Uh, And then also, it's just interesting to see in this new offensive league where some of the still defensive heavy coaches rank. You got Andy Reid and McVay, offensive wizards, top two. But then you still got Bilicek, Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh, Sean McDermott, the next four kind of defensive-focused uh, coaches. Yeah, Vrabel. I'm a big fan of Vrabel, so I like yeah, to see I him, like him too. get in the mix too. But How about Doug Peterson at 11? That was interesting. What did you think about that? Like... You put him ahead. I mean, he is a Super Bowl winning head coach. Let's say he he, didn't win that Super Bowl. He got to it, but he didn't win it. Is he still 11? Probably not. Probably not not because, you know, he had some good seasons in Philly, but like he kind of flamed out there. Yeah. You know, and so they got him, they got him at 11. Like, goodness gracious. You know, I think it's, it's interesting too that they have Cliff Kingsbury ahead of Zach Taylor. And I think their biggest wow. thing was yeah. is they were like the the record that Zach Taylor had before this last season was probably, you know, the reason why he is below some of the other coaches because, you know, last season was just such a, a Cinderella-type deal. But what the freak is Cliff Kingsbury done yeah. since he's been there. Like, That's weird. Yep. I feel like the Cardinals have largely underachieved they since have, he's been the head sure. coach there. And I feel like he's kind of been on the chopping block with fans. Like, I got a friend that lives in Phoenix right now. And mm. every week he's like, Cliff's got to go. Cliff's got to wow. go. They're calling for his head already, huh? Hot yeah. Seat. Week yeah. one, hot seat. I know. And and it's it's so interesting, though, to see that. Cliff kind of lands, you know, ahead of some of these other guys that maybe you're a little bit higher on. Um, you know, Cliff is ahead of Mike McCarthy. You know, say what you want about Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. I think the the Super Bowl in that instance kind of bails him out as well. I'm not right. sure how good of a head coach he really is either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's I think this this list is interesting. I think it it definitely spurs a healthy debate. But I think I think I. There's a couple that I would argue with, but I think, you know, largely, I think I think they got it right. Yeah, not an easy list with so many new, 10, 10 new head coaches, I believe. Not an easy mm-hmm. list to put together when you got 10 new faces that you just don't know anything about quite yet. Yeah. 62 days until NFL Week 1 kicks off, but hey, who's counting? Reggie and I got you covered every step of the way, two weeks until training camp. That's a wrap today. Back here tomorrow, breaking down more Twins, Vikes, plenty more. Remember... 
like, rate, review, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. He's Reggie Wilson. Follow him on Twitter at ReggieWilsonTV and on CARE 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota.